The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of our program, Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It's been a big day of news for those that are part of the pro-life movement. Last night, actually midnight this morning, very early, it was signed into law, that uh, law that Governor DeSantis signed into being that changed the Florida abortion uh, constraints of 15 weeks and beyond down to six weeks with few exceptions. So there's a lot to break out about this. There's a lot that I'm still learning about all of the implications, but this is uh, some really big news for those of us in the state of Florida that are uh, pro-lifers and love the value that God has given us in our life. And I've got on the line with me a good friend, Vicki Matthews from Choices Women's Clinic. Uh, this was a big one, wasn't it, Vicki? Oh, my goodness, Mike. Um, you might have remembered we had this conversation in, in uh, July when the uh, Roe decision happened, in June, actually. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it really um, undoes me. I have to tell you, like, this is a big day. I am just undone. You know, a lot of uh, the states around Florida, when Roe v. Wade was overturned on June 24th, uh, they had these laws that went into effect. They, they just instantly went into effect. And Florida was left kind of like looking more... Uh, kind of uh, on the liberal side of things, even though they had passed this 15-week law. But the truth is, is that 15-week did not uh, undo a lot of the abortions being done in Florida, right? Exactly. And most people probably wouldn't know this, Mike, but when the 2022 stats came out for the state of Florida and the amount of abortions, it was absolutely crushing that our abortions increased by 3%. So here we had a year where Roe was overturned, and lo and behold, we increased abortions, which seems unfathomable because we already are third in the nation. Right. And so, you know, we're already up there, but now we increased abortions by 3%. So it was very telling that we even though we've always been an abortion destination, that now we were even more of an abortion destination because we were surrounded by states all around um, that had more um, restrictive laws than Florida. Well, you so know, again, this is a great day. It is a great day, and you've just got to give it to our governor, Ron DeSantis, who is standing, I know, against not only pressure from the state of Florida, but around the nation as well. Of course, he's being looked mm -hmm. at and everyone is... Eyes are on him. Yeah, yeah. all <laughs> eyes are on him. And they're thinking he's going to make the declaration to run for president. And I tell you, uh, from from a standpoint, I, I think a lot of people would say this was not the move to make if you're going to plan on running for president because of just the, uh, the bitterness and the uh, anger that the left is spewing toward... Uh, all things Florida right now. Uh, it is really a, an amazing thing that he did in the face of all of that kind of pressure. He is standing up and saying, I'm going to put my name to what 
the Senate had just passed, and I'm so grateful for the Florida Senate, the courage they've had, again, to stand against all of the opposition that's going on, not only in Florida, but around the country, anger over the Roe v. Wade, and now this. And of course, this comes on the heel of a kind of an up-down week with the abortion pill. That was big news as well, right, Vicki? Yes, yes. You know, a lot of these laws, Mike, still have a ways to go. And what we certainly don't want the general public um, that is just so for the life issue to begin to think is that abortion has gone away or is going away. So, again, we celebrate this incredible victory in Florida, first of all. Uh, But it does still have, you know, some, uh, you know, some approvals to go through with the Supreme Court of the United, I'm sorry, of Florida Mm -hmm. uh, to overturn that um, long-term state law to make sure this goes into effect. Uh, We believe that will happen. And when that does happen, we would have 30 days before we see this law go into effect. So stay tuned for that. Right. But in terms of the chemical abortion pill, which um, the Texas um, hubbub that is going on, that certainly stirs things in a different way as well. And there's all kinds of, you know, injunctions and laws and things that are going on with two, two similar but different kinds of uh, scenarios there as well that can could bring some restrictions on chemical abortion. Now, uh, let's put a pause on that because I want to come back to that and see the implications for us in Florida on what's going on in Texas on that one. Because, again, that's been up and down. There have been uh, mm-hmm. like uh, lower courts, and then a, a, another judge will, will have his say on it. But let's go back to uh, uh, the signing of the bill at midnight last night. Now, when you say that there are still some things to go through. So when the governor signed that bill, where is a Florida's, let's say, operation going on? Those that are pro-abortion, what happened to them today? What, is, it, is it business as normal for today? And this is going to kick in in a, another day? Or what's the word on that? Yeah, it's definitely business as always today. Um you know, what has to happen with this bill at this point is it's a trigger provision, apparently, and the bill will become effective upon several rulings with the Florida Supreme Court deciding that a state constitution has no abortion right and um, overturning of our state abortion case, a precedent that's currently on the books, which is apparently called TWA minor. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more about that in the days to come. And I don't know how soon that will happen. I don't know when that will be received. Um, You know, but um, until that happens, um, abortion will stand at 15 weeks um, until the Supreme Court of Florida does vote on that, assuming it's an affirmative vote, then abortion 30 days after the date the Supreme Court makes that decision that will go into effect. Do you have any timeline on that? Well, you know, I I don't stay as much on this as our dear friends like John Stenberger of Mm -hmm. Florida Family Council and others who are in Tallahassee doing that daily work. But uh, what I have heard is possibly summertime. Um, So we'll see. Uh, It's close, right? 
Yeah, it really is still. I, I would not want to diminish from the importance of what he did because this puts so many things into motion yeah. that would look like that uh, the Supreme Court of Florida would have the backing uh, of, of the you know this p- opinion, especially based on the fact that the Supreme Court overturned a fifty-year, almost fifty-year ruling in Roe v. Wade, which was overturned, and it wasn't just overturned. kind of glibly, it was overturned vociferously with words from the justices that would have said this should never have ever happened. Not 50 years ago, it shouldn't have happened. So with that kind of precedent, I know that that's going to be leaning, you know, that's going to be leaning into their decision without a doubt, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's another thing, Vicki, that uh, has really, we, we know that We've all said this, and John Stenberger was on my program uh, the the week that all of uh, the Roe v. Wade stuff happened, and it was overturned. And uh, he predicted, uh, you know, that, that so accurately, I might add, he predicted that the pro-life movement was not going to be ending. It was just beginning with that uh, Roe v. Wade yeah. overturning. And I know that you have seen and our friends that have been so faithful to stand as sidewalk counselors trying to appeal to women going to abortion clinics, appealing to them for the life of the baby and for their own good. Uh, we've seen in Florida a great uptick in the left's involvement at those same locations. And they're out there on the sidewalk in a way that I've never seen that done before. And that's been going on since June, right? Yeah, I mean, it's um, definitely been an interesting scenario. I can't imagine from their marketing point of view that they think that's good practice, but obviously they do. And there's a lot of anger and a lot of hostility and a lot of just weirdness, Um, you know, uh, the escorting, um, wearing costumes, uh, painted faces, vile music, um, yelling and screaming. Um, it's it's a, a pretty gruesome sight, really, uh, with my friend John Barrows, who stands in mm-hmm, front of right. the particular clinic here, one of the particular clinics. So, yeah, and, you know, even for choices, you know, we're, we're really um, on a, a little bit of a different missional side of this in some ways. Again, all the same heart and all... Uh, concerned about the same issue, but, you know, really being that grassroots of meeting that woman and man who find themselves in a place they never thought they would be with an unplanned pregnancy. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, they're facing some really difficult, difficult times. And, you know, it continues to push uh, chemical abortion. It, continues to push early abortion, um, but the abortion clinics have uh, been angry, and we've received a lot of really bad fake reviews over the last several months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are angry, and will some of them will go to any extent. It's just kind of mind-boggling, really. You know, that is a true statement. We've had other people even around the country on the program talking about, like, for example, what happened in Buffalo, with uh, the yes. the pro-life center there yep. that was actually firebombed by Antifa and uh, this thing called Jane's Revenge. So th- this yes. ugliness that we're seeing, it's happening all over the nation. And it, it seems like it's heading even in 
uh, more dire times ahead because of this anger on their side over things like what the governor did last night. Uh, it's only going to uptick that anger in, in that direction even more. So we need to continue to pray. Our public needs to pray. And I know yeah. that the work for choices, it, it goes on. I'm privileged to be part yeah. of this movement yeah. with, uh, with this incredible organization. And we're so grateful for the courage of all of the employees at Choices. And this year, was uh, there's some p- pretty big news. I don't know how much you are able to talk publicly about all that's going on, but uh, I know we're growing in, in uh, all directions on that, right? We are, and we are excited that we have purchased our third clinic, debt-free, mind you, Mike. And, That's right. And uh, we are going to be opening in Kissimmee, so we will be adding the Kissimmee Clinic to our downtown location and our UCF Oviedo location, and we are um, going to be where abortions are happening, and we are going to continue to reach out regardless of the laws. We will continue to pivot. We will continue to assess because we are absolutely so missionable, missional about reaching that woman and man who are going to consider and have an abortion. And we will find meaningful ways to reach them in a very professional and a very uh, gospel-centric way. You know, one of the things I love about Choices is, is the fact that you've even set your name and the whole concept of how we reach out to these women that, that reach out to us. Uh, the word Choices has been so misused by the left for years and years and years. They would actually come over uh, calling themselves pro-choice, and we know the reality of that is they don't uh, give women uh, any other choice than what they are wanting, which is obviously the abortion. And yet mm-hmm. it's so true that choices, you guys who are there every day, day in and day out, you reach out to people, even those that go ahead and choose to get an abortion, the, the care that is given, uh, that choices gives everybody is still extended to them. And I think that is the true choice that that shows the yeah. true heart behind this. And I, I tell you what, that's not reciprocated on the other side, is it? Well, sadly not, sadly not. But, you know, we, we know who we serve and we're going to continue to go there. And that's what we, that's what we do as Christians, as believers, uh, we're not there to condemn. We're not there to bring shame upon people. And we're not there to judge people. Mm-hmm. We are there to inform them and empower them to make a healthy decision. Of course, we believe the healthiest decision is a decision for life because abortion, Mike, is not health care. It's not women's health care. There is nothing yeah. safe about an abortion. And that would be true not only with the abortion as it's been typically known where a woman goes into one of these clinics and has this procedure done inside. This latest thing with this chemical abortion, I want to get back to that before we go here in this segment, uh, that is equally devastating. And in some ways, it's really putting the life of the the woman in dire danger. And there just does not seem to be any care for those administering these pills to them about the fact that they're putting them and their very life in jeopardy, right? That's correct. And it's, um, again, it's frightening to know the statistics that chemical abortion, which AKA people need to understand, that's not a morning after pill. That's not birth control. This is taking medication that is going to have you 
experience an at-home abortion on your own in your bathroom, okay? Bathroom floor. So that's a little different, and that can be a little scary. There are a lot of risks with that that women and men are not being educated about, and um, there is no doctor supervision. There is nowhere for them to go except an ER if something happens, um, and it is risky. But how frightening to know, Mike, even prior to the Roe decision, abortion, chemical abortion in the United States, because they've been working on this, they've been waiting for Roe to happen, was at 50%. It is now climbing beyond that. Mm -hmm. And as abortions are restricted in the United States, we will continue to see an increase of chemical abortion until there are restrictions on chemical abortion. Now, I applaud our Florida legislators because in this bill that was just signed by our governor, there is a restriction on chemical abortion that they cannot be mailed. There would be persecution for them to be mailed into our state and to people's delivered to people's doors. That means our CVS and our Walgreens will not be distributing abortion pills over the counter at this point. That so is those really are the great news. That are oh. Still left to be done. You know, yes. right? We so, continue to chop away at this. That's right. And and every day is uh, seemingly uh, a day that we have to get up and trust the Lord and say, Lord, it's another day. But thank you for these victories along the way. And last night at midnight, uh, Governor DeSantis really showed a lot of moxie, I believe, a lot of courage and a lot of conviction and was joined by a number of people there live, including our friend John Stimberger, who I hope to have on next week to go into this even more but uh, thank yeah. you, you know, thank you to John. Thank you to you, uh, John Barros, yeah. uh, the others John, who are on the yes. front lines working for pro-life and, and watching out for these ladies who are just being sold a lie in these abortion clinics. Vicki Matthews, thank you for being with me here today on, and bringing kind of clarity to this news that happened in the wee hours of the morning. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Let's celebrate. It's great. Great stuff for those who love the pro-life movement. I'll be back in a moment. You're in tune to Afternoons with Mike right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Segment two now and on the line with me, a person that I met back in 2019. And you know, it's just crazy how time flies. It's hard to believe how much has happened in almost now four years. Nina Yan is, uh, she's the leader, uh, the CEO of the Sharing Center. 
And the Sharing Center is an important area establishment in Seminole County doing work for that county and beyond. And the things that they have at this complex up on 1792, it really baffled my mind when I first saw it. I've never seen something so expansive and so well run. But Nina is the leader of that, and she is back on the line with me. Welcome back, Nina. It is always a pleasure to be on your show, Mike. Thank you for having me again. Well, you have been one of my favorite guests over the years. And, uh, you know, when I think back, Nina, to uh, the things that you and I have talked about over the years, uh, I I think to that first time I met you, when you gave Charlotte, our HR person at the time, and myself a tour of your incredible establishment, uh, we just kind of uh, got to talking about things going on in our lives and your marriage and was was kind of on the horizon and that got slowed down and because of covid and then you ended up getting it's already two years since you got married that's awesome so congratulations on that but we're here today to talk about something that is really really important to the sharing center and that is the work that you do for the community Uh, and you have a spring campaign coming where you're trying to raise even more funds to help even more people right Absolutely. And the need in our community is just exponentially skyrocketing. And it's actually quite scary for my team because I just made my four-year anniversary. And right now, the first quarter of this year, from January to March, the amount of food we're outreaching to families, the amount of rent assistance we're outreaching to families, the amount of clients we're seeing in the oasis for the homeless um, to get a bag of food, take a shower, we do their laundry. Just every program across our whole entire campus, the growth is just, it's scary. It's its not just a little bit of, a, of an increase, but it's just increased by almost three times as much, specifically um, the rent assistance program. And I look at our numbers very closely as my whole entire team offering compassionate care, bottom line is super important because if we run out of funds, then obviously we can't help families pay their rent and prevent eviction and eventually they'll become homeless. And we want to catch them while they're still on the front end, still have a roof over their head because what we don't want is two or three months down the road that they become evicted and then we have to serve them anyway at the Oasis, and it would be that much harder for them to get back into housing. That's so right. this yeah. is really an unplanned campaign uh, called With You, We Can. So thank you so much for allowing me to share this new campaign with your audience. With You, You Can. I like that. Now, how many months ago was it that the grand opening for the newly renovated Oasis took place? The new Oasis, when we expanded from three shower stalls to six ADA-compliant shower room and added more washer and dryer, took place officially on July 5th of last year. Oh, my goodness. It's been uh, nine months uh, already. That's nuts. Exactly. And, And we're seeing, you know, instead of 30, 40 homeless clients each day to 60, 70, some days, even upwards of close to 80 homeless clients every single day, Monday through Friday. And it's just, you know, it, we need more volunteers. We need more food. We need more volunteers to clean the shower and do the laundry for our 
homeless clients and everything that we, every service we provide stems from uh, the approach of dignity and approach of serving our clients with respect. And we don't even ask our own clients to uh, do their laundry. So while they're enjoying a a hot breakfast and taking a shower, our volunteers are doing uh, laundry for those that are experiencing homelessness. And so the need across the whole entire campus is just really, really escalating. Well, you have this uh, amazing uh, number of establishments like storefronts that are in this what was an outdoor mall, uh, kind of like a, uh, a storefront mall. And you guys have taken this over. So you have the Oasis, which grew and expanded, obviously. You have the thrift store. And I know donations to that, that store where people can come, anybody can come and shop. And uh, that really helps fund some of the organizational expenses that you have. And that, I know COVID did a real number on you guys. And yet you continued, in spite of COVID, to provide all of this outreach to people, I know they appreciated that. And we are so blessed by a very philanthropic community because if you, you know, everybody does what they can, right? So those with means, they can donate financially. Those with extra time, they can volunteer. And those that cannot do either, if they're cleaning out their closet or garage, then they can donate the goods. So there's so many different ways to help um, the families that are still in need in Seminole County. And um, this Sunday, my husband and I are going over to our next-door neighbor's house. She just sold her house. She's moving back to UK, and she's donating the entire content of her house to the sharing center. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, it's things like that that, that really touches my heart because— her house is gorgeous, and all of her furniture in there is equally gorgeous. But we know that her furniture and her belongings will do a lot of good at the sharing center and helping certain families. And for those that are experiencing homelessness, if they get into an apartment for the first time, we'll help our clients furnish their apartments and give them coffee pots or toaster ovens or linens and towels and stuff like that. And 100% of everything in there is donated by our community. So it's of no cost to the clients that we serve. Um, but I really want to focus on talking about the With You, We Can spring campaign, if that's okay. Yes. So tell me a little bit about now how people can get involved in that. What are the first steps? If someone is hearing this today for the very first time, let's say they have not even been aware that such a thing as the sharing center is out there doing the work that you've been doing, how can people get on board? That's a really great question. So let me just back up a little bit. The sharing center was established 37 years ago with collaboration from 17 local churches because the need for food assistance, rent assistance, clothing assistance, and so forth was so great 37 years ago already. And so the 17 churches came together and gave birth to the Christian Sharing Center, which is still our legal name. We're doing business at the Sharing Center. Mm-hmm. And over the just last three months, um, we're seeing such a big change in the numbers. And in one of the recent reports, Seminole County, year over year comparison, the eviction rate have increased by 101%, so more than double the previous years. Foreclosure has increased by 156% year over year. 
And for the first three months of this year, January through March, we're, we have already outreached almost three times more financial assistance in hard dollars that we're helping people pay rent to their landlords um, in comparison to the previous year. And so we decided to launch this With You, We Can campaign because the need for rent assistance is just our greatest needs right now. So our goal is through a matching campaign, we hope to raise $100,000 between the end of April to the end of May, and that will help potentially between 50 to 100 families in preventing eviction, in preventing them becoming homeless and ending up on the streets or motel. And so we're hoping that we're able to raise the 100000 in the next month to help another 50 to 100 families stay in their house. So now 100000 that is a, a lot of money, but to a, an area like Orlando and the whole Seminole County, Orange County area, all of the residents there, if everyone gave a little bit, that would be matched so quickly and met this need so fast. So it's really not important the number, uh, or rather the, the level of the gift, is, as much as is everybody taking part, right? Absolutely. And I have full confidence because I've been in Seminole County now for four years or the leader of the Shang Center for four years. And I know that our community is so philanthropic and compassionate. And I am confident that in a month that we can raise this $100,000. And it's so important. And it's very easy. You know, all you have to do, we're going to do mailing pieces. We're going to do email blasts. But if um, your listeners just want to go online to the sharingcenter.org, the sharingcenter.org backslash with you, we can. And they can make um, a donation immediately. You know, it could be $20, could be $100, could be $1,000. So depending on how many people are engaged with this campaign, I, I feel like we can reach our $100,000 goal. Now, when you uh, began this whole thing working for the, it's hard to believe it's only been four years. So that means you were there only just a couple of months when I took my tour that day. And and it felt like you were so entrenched already, Nina. Uh, when you started doing this, the first time that you saw a capital campaign of this size be met and exceeded, that had to blow your mind, right? Absolutely. And, you know, looking back in 2020 during the peak of COVID, and we had to cancel all of our fundraising events, the live in-person events, and we switched quickly to uh, running different campaigns on social media and through our faith partners. We have amazing church partners that um, always support us. We were able to raise um, a lot more funds through the COVID time versus having those in-person events. And just over the years, the community have proven over and over again, that when the needs are so great for the sharing center, everybody comes together to support us. And that's why we're able to launch the job training program, Project Rise, last year, helping the unemployed get back into the workforce. And we include the the meals, the transportation, um, help them get their job and everything from beginning to finish. And that's why, again, with the community support, we're able to launch our new mental health counseling program about three weeks ago. Mm. So all of our clients now, whether you're homeless or just precariously housed or living in poverty, 
now have access to free mental health counseling on our campus while they're getting a bag of food or filling out an application, getting rent assistance. And so we now have a full-time licensed mental health counselor on site because we all know when you're dealing with poverty and financial stress and even homelessness, there's a lot of stressors and Mm -hmm. you need to keep your mind in a healthy place by hopefully visiting with our uh, licensed mental health counselor. Now, this program, it is going to uh, help in so many ways. It's called With You, We Can. And again, there are a number of ways that you can take part in this, and we would love it if you'd go to that website. Give us that website, Nina. TheSharingCenter.org backslash With You, We Can. With You, We Can. Of course, no spaces in all of that on a website, but um, this is a a really great way. And one of the things that I think it's so encouraging to me, because I love the Sharing Center, Cindy and I have donated much of our, uh, like you talked about the cleaning out closets. There was a day that we would have had garage sales. And, you know, we stopped doing that after meeting the Sharing Center because we felt like this is a better use and it's helping people. And so that's what we started doing. And I, I just love this place. The vision that you guys have, it's so efficient. It is so uh, helpful and uh, expansive is the word that comes to my mind because I can't think of a single other one-stop shop. And that's what the sharing center really is. Like you said, they can go there, they can get counseling, they can do a little shopping, they can have their laundry done, and the homeless can take a shower. And uh, do you have other services even than just that? You have career uh, help. Uh, it's it's just amazing the services you provide. Thank you. And I recall that one day, it was shortly after our Project Rise uh, Workforce Development Program launched, you came with a whole truck full because I, I mentioned that we need uh, gentleman interview style clothing. And I think you went through your closet and donated <laughs> half of your closet to the sharing center. That's right. I helped you unload that day. You did. It was a bunch of stuff. It was, yes. it was like, okay, am I going to have anything left after this? Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, but boy, I, I did. I had that uh, vehicle completely. And it was funny. I had about three of your helpers, including you out there helping mm-hmm. me just unload all of that. And, and how great is it if people People can get a vision of sharing and and giving away. That scripture verse comes to my mind. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And I, I felt the greatest amount of joy. And I do every time I'm there, just seeing what a little Aww. does. It goes a long way, Nina. Thank you. And, and thank you to, to you, Cindy, and all the listeners that have supported us over the last 37 years. We're just so blessed to be able to continue to do God's work. My, I have an amazing team. We went from four years ago, I think when I stepped in um, our agency, we had about 32 team members. And now we've grown to 60, I want to say 67, but the number kind of changes every day. Um, You've but- doubled in size. We've doubled in size. We're serving almost double the amount of clients. We're outreaching, outreaching double the amount of food and rent assistance. Actually, rent assistance is almost triple. So um, I hope the listeners were really uh, a call to action. Get on the website, thesharingcenter.org, and look for um, with the We Can campaign, and hopefully everyone will participate. And if financial um, donation is a hardship for the listeners, 
come and volunteer. We love volunteers. We love new volunteers. Or clean out your closet and donate your goods. Yep. So because many different ways to help. That's only a couple of steps away when they do that. That's only a couple of steps away from that becoming a financial donation. Uh, or, or it is helping, like you said, at times, uh, if people donate something that is in good shape, but they don't need it anymore, it might end up blessing a family that is trying to make a go of it. And what I love about you, you and your organization, you're not only helping people that are indeed homeless, but you're helping people avoid homelessness as well. And I think that is another reason to get on board with With You We Can. If our listeners join in on this vision and all it would take for them to do what I did is to come out, see what you guys do, it it will blow their minds just like it did mine, Nina. And I've loved it since the day I set foot on your campus. I mean it. Thank you so much, Mike. And it's with your support and many of your listeners' support that we can continue to grow and offer more programming to help even more families. Well, Nina Yan, you're one of my favorite people in the community. You're doing it. You're doing it right. And I I tell you, you're like the Energizer Bunny. If I've ever met one, that has to be you. Congratulations on your anniversary coming up and say hello to your husband. He's such a nice person. I got to meet him at one of the benefit dinners that we uh, went to and got to see you guys there. And thank you for all that you do for the community. The Sharing Center is just golden in our eyes. Thank you so much, Mike, and God bless everyone who is listening and wants to participate in this campaign. I thank you in advance. All right. Nina Yan from The Sharing Center. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Here we are now with segment three, and in the studio with me is Nathan Nadu. Nathan is the manager of customer experience for Step Up for Students. Now, this is an organization that I first learned about when my uh, interview with Amanda Livermore happened over a week ago. She was uh, up here and telling us all about uh, not only their program, but they work, they're one of the schools that work with this organization. And basically, it is a scholarship funding organization for students for a number of reasons and a number of ways that a student can qualify. So with that as an intro, welcome, Nathan. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, and it's really exciting to hear about this thing because I've not heard about it before. And we all know, every parent knows that school costs, regardless of what kind of education your student is embarking on, uh, school costs are out of uh, sight through the roof. And a lot of kids, a lot of parents can't put their kids where they want to put them because of uh, finances sure, sure. because of hardships uh, that uh, some of the tuitions and, and uh, you know, then you've got the whole uh, changing scene of public schools. And somehow you guys have uh, jumped into the fray here and sure. you're working with all different types of schools. Absolutely. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the genesis of this program. Sure. So Step Up for Students was started about 20 years ago. Uh, John Kirtley, our founder, our chairman of the board, 
uh, he started, it was very small. And the idea was, can we, um, can we help students who can't afford a private education, get a, get a scholarship to, to attend a, a school of their choice for the parents. So that has grown over the years, obviously. So we're 20 years in the future. And, and, uh, you know, that first year, I, I don't know the number of how many students were funded, but, um, this year we will fund, uh, to about 250,000 students in the state of Florida with our various scholarship, uh, opportunities. So about 180,000 of them will be on an income-based scholarship, which is based on a family's household income. And that's worth about $7,500 to $7,700 per year for a qualified student K through 12 to attend a private school of their choice. And we have an additional almost uh, 70,000 that are on a unique ability scholarship for students with disabilities or medical conditions. And that's worth about $10,000 per year that starts at age three, goes all the way through high school as well, and that renews annually as well. Now, we're not talking about something that's done by the state, not like a Pell Grant or anything at all like that. This is all privately funded uh, or, or and probably state-assisted. Is that right? There's, there's a variety of funding sources for it. So the, the, the very oldest form of the scholarship, the Florida Tax Credit Scholarship, it's given uh, to—it is funded from organizations— who are uh, that owe state business tax. So they created the law years ago that allowed them to donate that state business tax that they would owe the state. They can get a one-for-one write-off. They can donate it to Step Up for Students, and then we can use that money to fund scholarships. We raise about $650 million a year with that program alone. Now, this is kind of a, a big organization that's probably one of Florida's best-kept secrets, right? I mean, it's, there's not a lot of people that I've it, heard about it's, talk about this. It's very interesting. So I was a principal at uh, St. Charles in Orlando for seven and a half years. And, you know, you work in the industry and you think everybody knows about it. Yeah. You know, why, why wouldn't you look at it? Why wouldn't you be interested in it? But even as uh, someone that was in the industry, in the field, if you will, of education... About 50% of families that came into the school for a tour, they had no clue. They had no clue about it. And then another percentage of people didn't realize they would actually qualify. Um, so the, the income limits have been raised over the years. And so this past year, a family of four could have an income of 111000 and still qualify for a scholarship. Now, that is amazing. Now, where were you when I needed you? That's what I <laughs> I've had a lot of people ask, is there a refund? <laughs> yeah, right. Can I, can I do this in arrears? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, this, I know a lot of uh, parents, they must get very excited because this whole thing of scholarships for parents, especially at the college level, I mean, let's face it, it, it is a maze. Sometimes it feels like you're stuck in one of those corn mazes, you know, at, in the fall mm-hmm, when you get mm-hmm. in and you don't know how to get out and like, oh, wait a minute, I know I'm, my goal is somewhere over there. How in the world am I going to get there? And it's yes. just so hard to do. Yes, I'm getting close. My, I have a, a 10th grader at home, so he's starting to get close to that, to that idea. Um, and I'm trying to navigate the college scholarship world um, as a parent here soon. Now, so that's one thing. But you're talking about an organization, Step Up for Students, mm-hmm. that does not just deal with high school or college students. You you help them all the way through. Yeah. So we so our unique ability scholarship starts at age three, but it, but our scholarships do end when a student graduates high school. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If they don't graduate high school, they can continue till they're 21 or 22 years old. 
but that's if they're continuing education. If they, um, their scholarships now are education savings accounts. So any money that they don't use will roll over from year to year, and they can use that for post-secondary education in the state of Florida right. if there's money left over. But we do not continue to add funds once they're in college. Now, so that's that's great. I mean, let's face it, a lot of kids that are uh, parents of kids wanting to, them to go to private schools have mm-hmm. not been able to do that in elementary and then even in secondary yeah, uh, it, level. It's a, it's a life changer for families. It really is for them to know that, you know, what, what, what I want families to know is, is um, you have a choice. So 85, 80 to 85% of families will choose public school, which is phenomenal. We have a great governor. We have a great uh, body. They fund public school. It's the highest funding it's ever been ever in the state of Florida. Um, what I want families to know is you have choices. You know, if it's, if it's public school, super wonderful. If it's a private school, amazing. If you want to homeschool, we have a governor and a government uh, in the state of Florida that will support your choice. And it's about choices. What fits your kid, what your child every year. And that might even change from year to year. It might change, you know, when. I think it does for most families. Yeah. And so I know a family uh, that I've spoken with, they're an advocate and they have a student in public school. They have a student in private school and they have a student in homeschool. And, and every year they make a new decision. What works best for my child? So that's what choice is about. It's about what fits my child each year. And with the latest law that just passed house bill one, uh-huh. um, that's my next yeah. question about because you mentioned the governor, this is yeah, a big deal. Yeah. So house bill one, um, removes the income, uh, ceiling for students to qualify for a scholarship K through 12. Wow. Um, there is still tiers. So the 185% of the poverty level is funded first. The 186 to 400% of federal poverty level is second. And then beyond that, there's no limit to income. Now, one of the things that I learned when I talked to Amanda and Joe when they were up here is that thing that you just mentioned called the poverty level. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, when they hear that, they're thinking that that level is way, way down the line, but give us a refresher sure. as to what is the current condition of poverty level. So a fam- like I said earlier, a family of four is 111,000 is 400% of the poverty level. Um, offhand, I don't know what 100% of the, of the federal poverty level is, but you know we have charts to help families. So I have a family of seven, I have five kids at home, we would have been able to qualify for a scholarship if we made under $167,000. All right. Um, so we definitely qualified. Yeah. <laughs> uh, based so on in other that. words, my point is, is that you can qualify for some of these things, even though you're making what other people would look at your uh, mm-hmm. level of salary and they'd say, that's not poverty. That's way above poverty. Mm-hmm. But yet the way this scholarship works, and I think that's the good news for a lot of people, is that they may be, even though they're not aware of it, they may be eligible for monies to help them uh, get their kid where they yeah. want to have that education and that includes a lot of our private Christian schools, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, one thing that, that I doesn't get talked about a lot is if you are um, a family that's moving a lot, you're moving from this house to this house to this house, you might move school zones and, and where you'll move your child from school to school to school. Um, if you are in a private school and you have one of our scholarships, Despite the moves, that stability is still exi- it, it's still possible for your child. 
mm-hmm. you know, moving here, 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 but that school can be a rock for that family. And I've spoken with many families like, you know, I just thank God that I had that school for my child, despite everything that I was going through as a family. Now you have a, a plethora of types of scholarships. Mm-hmm. It's not just uh, like an income-based thing. So you have scholarships based on particular needs of the student, mm-hmm. uh, maybe backgrounds of the student. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of run sure. through? We've got about four minutes left, All and right. I want to get as much in this as I can. Absolutely. So our most common one is our income-based scholarship, or we're going to call it our private school scholarship because any income will qualify now. Um, And that is a K through 12, anywhere in the state of Florida scholarship, every child that is eligible for public school can be eligible for that scholarship as well. Um, Our second most popular scholarship is our unique ability scholarship, and that's for students with learning disabilities or medical conditions. And that is three years old, all the way through high school as well. Isn't that something? And they can use that for homeschool as well. Wow. Um, the, The... other two scholarships that we manage that they're not as well used, but they're very great, um, is our reading scholarship that is for K through five students in public school who are struggling with reading. It's a $500 scholarship that they can use for tutoring or education curriculum to help them catch up in reading. And our fourth one is a transportation scholarship. If you, if your child attends a public school, but not their locally zoned public school. So that's every charter school in the state. Mm-hmm. they qualify for a transportation scholarship up to $750 per child per year to help cover the cost of transporting their child. Now, over the years, Florida, and we talked about this before we began this interview, when I moved to Florida in 85 from Indiana, Florida was uh, way down the list in bottom terms of the, of the bottom many of the barrel. That's well said. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, they were way down the list in, in the understanding of, uh, let's say, educational level, the school performances, etc. cetera. Uh, now that's a lot different in this day and age, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every year that we have, you know, when we started expanding school choice, uh, my coworker, Ron Mattis, he would say, you know, that the, the accusation was the sky is falling, it's going to crush public school, but each year it didn't. And not only did it not do those things, our public school has um, improved every year alongside with school choice. So school choice has been a benefit to all of our students in all of our schools. I know not everyone would agree with that statement, but it, but it absolutely is true. Our NAEP scores that just came out show that we are first, first, fourth, and eighth in the main categories. And you know, that is a big change from where it was. Mm-hmm. And I know those we, annual tests that used to be out there all the time about mm-hmm. you know, what kind of grade level you would get at your school. Uh, that was always a harrowing experience for those mm-hmm. principals that weren't scoring as high as what as, as what they wanted to be uh, scoring. So you've got this thing, it's open. There are a lot of uh, faith-based schools there, that mm-hmm. you work with, like uh, the First Academy. The First Academy, wonderful school. The First Hope is well, which is another school that's under the First Academy umbrella, 2,600 schools across the state of Florida. So how can a parent uh, gain more information about Step Up for sure. Students? Well, obviously our website, stepupforstudents.org, um, there's an interest list when we begin accepting applications for this coming school year. And also we have on there a, uh, uh, a website called School of Hoop, where they can search for schools local that that might fit their choice and their needs hmm. um, that accept our scholarships. Boy, this is an amazing resource. Stepupforstudents.org. Is yes, that right? Yes, sir. 
Mm -hmm. All right, stepupforstudents.org. Nathan Nadu, thank you for coming in and being with us on the program. A real pleasure. Thank you so much. And this is exciting, and we wish your organization the best, and I hope a lot of our parents will take advantage and maybe get their child in that uh, school that they've been aiming for yeah, all along. Absolutely, and, you know, they can uh, look us up on the website. They can call us in. We have a fantastic service center, and we will help them any way we can. Wow. Nathan, thanks again. And friends, we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on Afternoons with Mike.